Welcome to this week in Missouri politics. Busy week in Missouri politics, and we are here joined by a guy who's at the center of the Missouri State Senate drama and the United States Senate race drama, Senate President Dave Schatz. Thank you for making the time. Well, Scott, appreciate it. Thanks. Glad to be here. Is there a busier guy in the state of Missouri right now than Dave Schatz? You know, uh, Scott, every day when I wake up, I feel like I'm starting a race and I'm two laps down. Uh, and so uh, nothing different. Uh, it's been that way, but I probably wouldn't enjoy it any other way. Break this down. I, I hear, I think folks have seen you uh, announced for the United States Senate. You've made a significant contribution of your own personal wealth. I think folks have seen the money's come into you um, comparative with anybody. As far as Missourians making donations, they've supported you in large amounts. Now tell folks what you're going to do with that money. What is the message of why a guy who maybe hasn't really ever heard of you except just, just barely. Maybe that gun store owner in West Plains or that guy that's a butcher in, in Marshfield. Why should you vote for Dave Schatz? Well, I, again, I think, Scott, that is the, the part of the key is we got to get people to know who Dave Schatz is. And, and the reality of it is this is I, I'm, a, I'm a young guy that grew up in uh, you know, rural Franklin County uh, that obviously uh, come from a blue-collar household, small business. My dad was a small businessman. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd rather prefer uh, you know, a toolbox to a to a, a briefcase, and I'd rather wear blue jeans than a suit, and I'd, I'd rather prefer a handshake as a contract. Uh, and again, we've been job creators, but again, a guy that's been in willing to work hard, not the guy that's been out there trying to get in front of a camera, but just going in there and getting the job done and doing the job that I've been elected to do. And, and if people get to understand that and say, listen, this is the type of politics we're looking for, someone that's willing to roll up their sleeves, find ways to get things accomplished and, and go to work for, for Missourians. And I'm that person. And I don't have to change anyone and become anyone. That's just what I've done all my life. So I got to, uh, I got to be kind of a fly on the wall at one of your events. And there wasn't much room in the room <laughs> except to be a fly. Uh, I was a large fly, I suppose, <laughs> a horse fly. Uh, I got to see Charlie Schlottich, supporter yes. of yours, yeah. friend of yours, from your neck of the woods down in Rosebud. Um, he said something I thought was interesting. He said, well, Dave Schatz is one is." People come to Jeff City and they do a little change. He said, Dave Schatz is the guy. I met you when you were in the house. You're pretty much that guy I met today that you were then. And you've been, you know, traveled around the country and the state and the world as Senate leader, as a state leader. It's, uh, that changes most people. You're pretty much the guy I met day one. You know, uh, I do think that there's some things I would say I've, I've improved a little bit. Uh, you know, I'd say I've made some improvements from the time I went there. But no, the Dave Schatz that walked in the Capitol, you know, some 12 years ago is the same Dave Schatz that's going to walk home. It's the same Dave Schatz you're going to see in Sullivan, Missouri, or you're going to see here on Missouri, this week in Missouri politics. Uh, I'm not trying to be anybody I'm else. Again, I'm probably, you know, my greatest uh, accomplishments in my life are my family my kids and my grandkids. Uh, I'm more proud of that than anything I've ever done. And the reason I'm in politics is because I'm concerned about the world they're going to grow up in. And I want to make sure that, the, that they get the same opportunities and have the same uh, you know, chances that I've been able to, to uh, uh, have in my life. And so, uh, again, I'm not trying to be anybody else other than just, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm grandpa and I'm good with that. So uh, uh, your race had a pretty interesting development last week, the former first lady of Missouri come out and alleged under sworn affidavit that there was domestic violence in, uh, I guess, I kind of inferred that during uh, former Governor Greitens' time as governor, there was some uh, instance of child abuse in that time since. Um, well, that cuts anybody to the quick. It's, it it kind of gives you an odd feeling in your stomach to even say those words out loud. Uh, 
What was your reaction to that? Well, uh, first and foremost, uh, again, when, when Governor Greitens resigned, uh, I thought it was the appropriate thing to do. He wasn't fit for office in. Uh, I don't think he's fit for, for running for this office either. Uh, it's part of the reason why I'm in this race. Uh, I believe that obviously, uh, I, I think we need something different than that. And again, uh, I think everyone, uh, again, will we'll go to the, the point where everybody gets a, a fair shake, uh, you know, allegations. Uh, but if proved and true, uh, obviously, that's no, no one that can, we can send to Washington, D.C. to represent us. <clears throat> Interesting thing, and, and maybe this goes into uh, maybe the central reason why you're running. Is I seen um, Jackson County having a Lincoln Day. Uh, good folks. I know sure. the chairman personally. He's a, he's a good man. Uh, I know a lot of folks in Jackson County Republican politics. That is, uh, they have not had the easiest hand from the days of Pendergast on. I mean, that's a that's a group that's had to struggle to to do well, and they and they've done well. Um, I saw where they disinvited a candidate for governor. I thought, well, good <laughs> for them. I mean, to stand against domestic violence, child abuse. Um, Good for them. And then I saw it was you. And I was like, well, now you're telling me that uh, a, a gas tax, which, I mean, it pales in comparison to the one that Governor Ashcroft brought in 92, but it, but it does help build roads. I, I, I was startled. And, and I guess maybe the thing I've, I've enjoyed watching about your campaign is um, maybe it's time for the crazy to slow down. I mean, that's insane. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't understand it. Uh, Scott doesn't make any sense. Uh, you know, when over half of the General Assembly elected Republicans, the governor, lieutenant governor, uh, supported this issue. I wonder if they're not going to invite those individuals. Uh, for them to do that, I just don't really understand. It does make no sense, especially the guy that plans on being the next U.S. senator. Uh, you know, I think in, when that becomes a reality, are they not going to invite me to Jackson County? At that point, I mean, I don't get it, so it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, you know, Attorney General Schmidt uh, uh, supported the last gas tax on the ballot. Uh, throughout history, Republicans have led the way on building infrastructure. This is something I don't understand. I've seen folks that say, well, if it gets enough likes on Twitter or Facebook, then it's conservative. Well, you've actually owned a business. You know what a K-1 is. Some of the folks that are saying, I remember, I remember a, a t conversation that you had with Doug Liba, Senator Liba from the Boot Hill. And Senator Kehoe, or uh, Lieutenant Governor Kehoe, right. was, in the, was in the dais. The three of you probably created more jobs together than most any other person or group of people that's been in the Senate recently. I, I think it's an odd thing. If you never ran a business, if you don't maintain the roads, you're going to spend twice as much in the long run. If you don't build roads, it hurts economic development. Infrastructure is a conservative idea that actually produces results. I don't understand how it became just run it terribly but get likes on Twitter and stamp it conservative. Well, again, I, I drove in here, Scott, on, on roads coming in, I-44, and if you grew up and down them, obviously you know that the needs there. Uh, our roads, uh, having safer roads, bridges, uh, obviously is, I believe is probably one of the greatest things we can do in making an investment in infrastructure. Trying to attract business and industry to our state uh, without the infrastructure to support it, you know, isn't, we're not going to be able to do that. And again, uh, I also have always said that the longer we wait, the more we uh, delay, the more these roads decay. And so it's irresponsible not to invest in, in our infrastructure. Is it we just have. you've never ran a business? You don't really understand how? I, I think it's simple. It's economics when it comes to you either raise the bridge or lower the water. Uh, is, is, is the analogy. And if, you know, it takes a certain amount of money to maintain the system. And again, we can't do it on 1996 funding. Uh, people have to understand, you know, uh, inflation. They have to understand uh, depreciation. Uh, when you understand that from a business owner's perspective, you cannot buy equipment in 1996 and expect it to last for the rest of your life. And you can't build bridges and roads that were built 45 years ago and expect that they're always going to be there without making some additional investments. And so the only responsible thing to do, Scott, was to increase the user fee where all of the users of the systems in one page 
paying for it. And we did that. I'll do it. I would do it again because it's the right thing to do. Let's talk about the Senate. Um, it, it, first thing, I, I get to sit and watch the Senate, maybe more than any other Missourian. And I don't know when it became the goal of the Senate to pass a bunch of stuff. I mean, really, your goal, especially if you're conservative, would be to not pass a bunch of stuff. What is the thought that you guys should just go in there and PQ a bunch of things like your House members? Well, I don't know that the, that's the case. Uh, you know, again, uh, I've been in the Senate when we've used the PQ. Do you mind that the Senate doesn't just pass a bunch of bills? No, I, I, but, I, but I do think, you know, uh, you know, having a responsible debate and conversation uh, and moving the process forward uh, is something that should be a deliberative body, uh, finding ways to find solutions and things. That, that's what the Missouri Senate should be. Uh, again, sometimes it get used as a tool to uh, obstruct uh, the process and really, you know, not get anything done. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think that we need to make progress on good issues and have a delivery process that does Is that. A truck driver in Sullivan safer if you pass a lot or a little or none? <laughs> I'm not sure. At the end of the day, well, I, I'm you, pretty sure it's yeah, not the first yeah, one. Yeah, I do know this. We have a, a, a constitutional requirement to pass a balanced budget mm -hmm. in this state. Uh, and when we do that, if we meet that obligation, and I think the, the maps are another thing that's something that we've been tasked to do uh, for, you know, every 10 years. But it's one of the things that we that. should accomplish. I watched the press conference after you finished the maps. Um, I'm not sure that uh, you could probably say that is the best contiguous compact map. It felt like it was not passed even for partisan reasons. It felt like you had to, you had to make uh, Cinder Onder happy with that map. And it looked like in order to do that, you had to do a bunch of things that put a lot of House members in where they probably couldn't vote for with sure. a straight face. It looked like I saw you and Cinder around and split your own counties. I thought that was what actual leadership would look like. You, you gave Senator Andre enough that he could at least let the bill go to a vote and not vote for it. Um, that map did not seem to have, uh, I don't think that many were proud of the map. No, but it was, it, here's the thing. It's, all you I think pass, right? we, it's the only thing that we could pass at the time. Could we have come up? I've been in a room and drawn hundreds of maps and looked <laughs> for hundreds of solutions to try to find a way. This was a map that ultimately at the end of the day was one that could get to the floor and get a vote. We've had maps that we could get, had enough votes, many maps that we've had sure. enough votes for that were better maps uh, that could get done. But actually to get one to a vote. The map that, you that came out with in December, look, no matter how you draw maps, somebody's right. ox is getting gored. I thought in hindsight that map has looked pretty good since it was put out. You endorsed that map, I think, at the time. That map uh, is going to gore some, any, any map's going to be tough for somebody right. to take. But, but at the end of the day, I mean, I thought that map has kind of stood the test of time better than any other. I, would t I will tell you this, that as, as we drew these hundreds of variations of maps, we would go back and we'd say, well, let's try this. And guess what? We'd get back to it and we'd say, well, that's 2117. You know, we've done that. We've, we've already drawn that map because you, as you move these pieces around and, and try to do that, we would always get back to that map. And that's why 2117 was that map that came out of that process. Uh, but at the end of the day, guess, could we have a better map than the one that we actually passed? Uh, it did improve CD2, which is one of the, the things that we wanted to accomplish. It checked several boxes and it ultimately allowed for a vote. Obviously, we've seen the House reject that, and so where we go next, uh, I believe, is, is anybody's guess. You've been in the House. You can understand Representative Black in Marshfield. He, this is not, uh, he couldn't vote for this, right? He sure. put his courthouse down the middle. I mean, yep. you could, I mean, I don't think anybody holds any odd against a guy that's not going to vote for him that literally splits his courthouse. I mean, you can understand why House members just couldn't go along with this. No, absolutely. Like I said, there's, uh, we felt like, and again, an opportunity for that map to go to, uh, to conference uh, and, and work out the differences should be the right, reasonable way to do this. Uh, we'll do the same thing, you know, in the budget. We, we're going to get the House budget. We're going to put the Senate budget together, and we're going to make a motion to go to conference. We're going to go to conference. We're going to work out the differences. We're going to come up with a budget we can pass. Shouldn't be no different with the way this map should work out. And so, but unfortunately, uh, there are some folks that are going 
going to reject the notion and allow us to take that map uh, to conference because they're concerned of the outcome. At the press conference, it sounded like essentially you come up with this map that, that you were willing to vote for, maybe didn't love, so that you could move on and take up some of the other issues before the body. Sure. Monday, um, and, and I mean obviously Senator Onder was the big winner in that without having to vote for it. Monday, the filibuster started again. Do you regret giving that map in the way last week went? Well, Scott, we've always kind of viewed uh, this map uh, and the rest of the process separately. It's been it's been mm -hmm. kind of tied together, you know, for the for the lack of uh, you know just it has. I mean, but we've really tried to keep those issues separate, knowing that we got to get a map done. The things that we want to accomplish in the legislative session uh, is is a separate issue. Uh, but again, what we've seen in, in the process is that they've always taken what we consider to be small issues, some of the things that should not, that have, have had a lot of consensus work and agreement to get them done, but then they try to tie a big, big, heavy issue to something that, that really makes it very difficult for those things to move at all. Uh, if that process continues like that, it's going to be very difficult for us to get some of the small things across the finish line. Maybe we get a couple of the big uh, ticket items done at the end of the day, but it's going to be uh, a very slow process. We've got six weeks. We've got the budget to do, uh, and it's going to be a challenge uh, to, to get, get some of the issues done. sense you're going to put the map on hold for just a little bit, maybe focus on some other legislation? I spoke uh, with Senator Koenig, which is someone that's worked very hard on this yeah. map. I spoke with him last night. I'm certain we will evaluate over the weekend uh, and get, get in Jeff City. I may go back to draw, you know, the business of drawing maps <laughs> myself uh, to try to find something that maybe if we were able to do a Senate bill uh, that we kind of knew that could get through the Senate and maybe uh, back over to the House side that might have uh, some of the fixes that they're uh, looking for in there. Are you ever tell me to have the House folks go talk to Senator Onder? Just well, let them take yes, a whack at yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they could they could try that. And 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 it's not all Senator Onder. Uh, there are multiple people that have been involved in sure. this process that has made it very challenging. Uh, but again, it does kind of center around Jefferson County, St. Charles County yeah. has been the linchpin in this whole map process to begin with. So end of the day, maybe get a budget done. Do you believe you walk out of there in May with a congressional map passed? Um, I, here's the optimism that comes into me. I optimistically believe that we will because I won't quit working at it. This is where Senator Bernsketter says you're a, you're a kid rolling around in manure looking for a pony, right? Yes, that, that is true. Uh, you know, I, I think he, he characterized it as that, yeah, if there was a child in a, in a room full of manure digging around saying there's got to be a pony in here somewhere. Well, I do believe there's, you know, an opportunity for us to find a way to, you know, I'm just not going to stop working on it. I haven't stopped, you know, my 12 years of trying to get things done that I felt were important. This is an important issue for, for the legislature to get done, and so I'll keep working for it. Well, Senator, we look forward to watching the process unfold the last six weeks and the campaign uh, unfold here. And hope you'll come back and discuss both on this week. In Absolutely, look forward to it, Scott. Appreciate it. Very much. We'll be right back with more of this week in Missouri politics. Chris Arps from News Talk STL joins us. But first, go to showinmissouri.com. News from Missouri, one county at a time. Check out our Johnson County episode. We go all about old drum, man's best friend. We'll be right back after this. All across Missouri, our new car and truck dealers are building strong local economies. When you buy a car or truck in Missouri, you're helping to support over 20,000 Missouri families who rely on the auto industry for good-paying local jobs. You're also helping fund our communities, schools, first responders, and our roads because dealers generate millions of dollars in tax revenue. Missouri's automobile dealers have been the foundation of our communities for generations and for generations to come. The Missouri Automobile Dealers Association, the heart of Missouri. For more than a century, the St. Louis Carpenters Union has shaped our communities. Through trusted alliances, we deliver skilled professional craftspeople while our business partners provide the kind of quality jobs that keep our economy humming. It's a blueprint that has worked since 1882. 
Turning Missouri into a right-to-work state stalls progress, wipes out jobs, and kills momentum. Right-to-work is wrong for everyone. Let's keep Missouri moving forward. Visit carpdc.org to learn more. Your energy needs are changing. That's why at Ameren, Missouri, we're not waiting on the future. We're building it with the Smart Energy Plan, advancing thousands of projects across the state, helping reduce emissions through cleaner energy sources, boost reliability with self-healing equipment, and better withstand storms with new composite poles. Moving Missouri forward and bringing us all a little closer together. That's energy at work. Ameren, Missouri. We are back. This week in Missouri Politics, Opinion Maker, Panel Time, Representative Wally Price, City of St. Louis, host of the Big St. Patrick's Day event. Welcome back to the show. Very good to be here. Miss <laughs> uh, Donna Berenger, representative from South City. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for having me, Scott. Chris Arps, News Talk STL. So excited to join you. And folks that actually hear us on your station exactly. this morning. Exactly. You were on this uh, this afternoon. Great having you and looking forward to this great partnership that we're going to have with, uh, yeah. with you. The Dean of the Missouri Republican Party, David Barclitz. Thank you for coming back. Thank you, sir. Chris, let's talk about the maps. Uh, at the end of the day, you've got essentially Jeff County, the House, wants together. Mm -hmm. Senator Ronder wants St. Charles County together. you got a few other folks messing with other counties, but at the end of the day, hard to really hold a lot against the Speaker or Senator Ronder for wanting their counties together. But it also means you probably don't get a map. Yeah, that is true, but we're seeing all of this delay with this map. Um, we've just got a few more weeks left in the session, and we really haven't gotten a lot done. Um, I've taken an exception to most of my Republicans. I was not in favor of a 7-1 map. Uh, I thought a 6-2 map was the best that we were going to get. And I was mostly concerned with taking a black representative out of Kansas City and turning it at, into a Republican district. I'm Republican, and I would like to see African Americans vote more Republican, but I don't believe in gerrymandering the district. But a black Democrat that can deliver for Missouri. When Roy Blunt's gone, he'd be the only one that could probably call the White House and yeah. get a response. Well, maybe. But I mean, Manuel Cleaver does carry weight in a lot of places that a lot of folks don't. Well, maybe we can have a Republican maybe win that uh, district and be competitive for once. Maybe we can have a true Republican. But I don't want to see the district gerrymandered to have that. I was a little bit surprised. Uh, the House comes up normally. Leadership for something. Let's do it. This time, no. Uh, your colleagues across the aisle said, we're not going for this. The Democrats stuck with them. And... Uh, Turn the Senate map down in a day. Yeah. A little bit surprised? No, we have a right to. Sure. We were on, I was on one of those congressional committees, and we started in July, and we followed the law for redistricting, which means you cannot gerrymander. And so we sat back, and we all worked together, and the map that the Democrats came up with and the map that the Republican House came up with were pretty similar. So when it was sent over to the Senate, and they sat on it since January 19th, because they were busy reading books and filibustering. Well, you can see why they sat on it now. Well, well, what they have sent back over is a gerrymandered map. It's illegal. It's not going to hold up in court. So go ahead. Keep up with your gerrymandered map. It's not a legal map. I mean, you'd be a little surprised. I mean, a lot of times, well, it's, the House is right. They don't only really assert that right that often, but they did here. Stood up for themselves. I mean, you got to remember it's a bicameral system, and sometimes you have to remind the system, the, the Senate, of just that. Um, you can't. I think they got the memo this week. I mean, I think so. I mean, they, we sent them a bill, I think, two months ago, and they sent it back with four days left, basically, and expected us to rubber stamp it. And it's just not the way we do business. David Barclay, at the end of the day, I mean, you could draw a map that keeps 80% of St. Charles County together and keeps all of Jeff County together, but it looks really bad. I mean, I don't think anybody in the Senate thought this was a contiguous, compact. It wasn't even really drawn for partisan reasons. It was drawn to make a couple people happy. I don't have a big beef with people sticking up for their own counties, but you probably can't get a map and accomplish those things. 
Like, I, well, I agree, but I think what we saw it reduced into at the last minute in the Senate that the core part of the caucus sort of gave in, and I think they gave in to bad behavior. Yeah. And if you really looked at the BAP, you looked at how it was cut out in defiance, how that benefited potentially Bob Onder, how cutting uh, Marshfield in half was specifically aimed uh, into the benefit of uh, Eric Burleson and really disjointed, I mean, really separated that community. A little more distasteful. Well, that's not sticking up for your county. No. That just clearly helps yeah. me and, today. And so to me, redistricting should have a broader force than that. And in the past, in 2002, when we took over the legislature, we were able to, uh, and with a Democrat governor, come to MAP in 2012. Same thing, and I, I actually, 1982, I was the sole Republican House redistricting staff person I was in college, but I've never seen it like this. Typically, we've deferred greatly to the congressional delegation to do it. The difference between Jeff County and St. Charles County, I'll say is this, is that uh, the Republican priority must be to make Ann Wagner say, see holdable, and to that regard, it's consistent with taking care of the urban core of St. Louis, and the same thing I agree with Chris in Kansas City, there was never a 7-1 map, that was yeah. a lie. And to use a 7-1 map, beat up your colleagues, and into the last minute, carve little niches out for self-interest. But if it works that's for you, why don't story. you do it? But it was the well, same behavior the entire time. Right. The 7-1 yeah. was an overreach. But, but that is an institutional overreach. slap, and to the extent that you allow this behavior to continue to where it is so about one group or another, and I'm not calling out the Conservative Caucus so much, it is that, that we've got to act more as a, a legislature that is about the people of David Missouri. David you're as responsible for the Republican majority in the Senate as anybody in the state. However, if you see that behavior and you see it working, are you representing your folks properly if you don't engage in what works? It's not working, though. Look at that map last no. week. No, they're having some successes, but it's a Pyrrhic victory. Where is that map today? It's dead. Let's talk about the U.S. Senate race. It's a bit of a change up this week. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, it seems like there's a big, big change every week. Uh, yep. This week it was Senator Sipton. Uh, I have always said one of the best state senators the mm -hmm. Democrat Party's had in the last 10, 15 years. Uh, he bowed out of the race in favor of someone I think you might be excited about. Trudy Bush Valentine. And I have to tell you that um, I, I appreciate what Scott has done because he's putting his weight behind her. And with his depth yes. of knowledge and his experience and his abilities, I think he will be very helpful to her. But the reason I think she's a breath of fresh air is because we know the Bushes, right? They are an immigrant family that came to this country that made something of themselves. They are baseball. And she is a mother, she is a nurse, she unfortunately lost her husband to cancer, and she lost her son to opiates. So here is someone that I think on many levels we can relate to across the state. So I am excited for the Democrats that Trudy has jumped in. It's like I can hear, here comes the king in the background when she said it. <laughs> hey, Wally Price, that video was impressive, especially the first part. I mean, this is Gussie Bush's daughter. Um, I, I would also assume if the Democrats nominate a woman, if they do get Eric Greitens, that's probably a bit of an advantage too, right? Yeah, I think the, uh, the Democrats finally did something right in um, getting our base excited. We haven't had somebody to get excited about in a very long time. Um, and I think that Skipson is a, is a class act for the way that he stepped down. And, yep. and uh, I think that's an example for a lot of politicians who have ego and not do what's right for the party often. Chris Ups, where are we at right now? You know, the party, the Democratic Party right now is engaged on a populist spend. So I'm not sure how a billionaire beer, beer heiress is going to relate to the Cori Bush crowd. Um, she had a <laughs> hiccup a little bit with her, uh, came out that she was the queen of the Veiled Prophet Fair. Um, she worries me, though, because if they can paint her as a Claire McCaskill moderate mm -hmm. Democrat, 
um, she could win. This is a key moment for Republicans. Uh, I think Trudy Bush is a a very viable candidate. I think she's running because she decided, not because Joe Biden or someone called her. And so that kind of sincerity breeds a commitment and that kind of commitment breeds success. To that regard, I think Missouri Republicans need to look at one thing, how the field reacts. If the field continues to react each of their own individual interest, we potentially will cost Republican control of the U.S. Senate. And deserve it. And that is correct. And I'm afraid that that's the direction. How Billy Long, how uh, Eric Schmidt, how uh, uh, Eric Greitens, how all of, uh, uh, all of them pull together on this will really tell us something about their own character. If they're willing to allow their own personal interests to to succeed at the cost of the national interest. Of though, I mean, I, you watch how these things develop. I honestly do think if there's a lot of plugged in Republicans, <clears throat> their priority would be to keep the seat. Now they might, be angry and want to support one of the others or maybe no one, but keeping the seats of Brody, I believe Mrs. Bush getting into the race probably does make it a little more critical. There's a better chance to keep the seat with her than anybody else. Yeah, but I, I just hope, though, that Republicans do take that into account. You know, a lot of people think that they could be the next United States senator, so they may oh. not take the cues that you should uh, drop out. But again, as I said, Mrs. Uh, Valentine's very formal. If they can make her as Claire McCaskill 2.0, I think she's got a real chance. It, and it's not even about dropping out. I mean, if you are uh, the McCloskeys or someone and you, you're hearing people say, oh, you're ruining this race, it's about putting your fire in the right place. So it's not just whether or not they have the right to stay in or not. I'm not gonna argue that someone should get out, but I am gonna argue that I think there's an obvious target in this race and all the Senate candidates should be focusing on that. You know, if you're NARAL or some of these other groups that get beat up by Republicans a lot, Maybe it would be good for the Republican Party to nominate Eric Greitens and support him, and then you just get all these faith and values issues off the table, right? I mean, you can't be the party of values and the party of domestic violence, can you? We'll see. That rhetorical? No, it's very literal. Very literal. Prediction. Uh, Lucas Kuntz released a big uh, chunk of St. Louis endorsements. Uh, how close is this primary on the Democrat side? Um, I think it's exciting for Democrats to have a chance. Um, I think we're in the beginning of a huge swing. Missouri is a swing state. We switch back and forth about every 25 years, and it looks like we're on the start of that swing. Who wins that primary? <sighs> Donna, how much does Ms. Bush I win that primary it. by? I can't call She's it. She's going to can't win, and that's because what people, the most important thing is passion for what you're doing, and she, does, she has a name recognition, she has the funds, she has the passion. Who wins that primary? I want to see how this veiled profit situation is that a comes big deal? As I, I, from Sailors, don't know what this is. I, years ago. I think it does. Is that a big deal? Because, Twenty years ago, the Cory Bush and the very progressive yeah. African Americans, I think, are going to make an issue. But they're going to support the guys that a, used to be pro-life over her. Over the veiled profit, we had to, you had yeah. to come back. That yeah. is something we had to explain. If you're not right. from really, really Sailors, mm -hmm. you don't know. Right. But we're about to get kicked off okay. there. So with a minute left, who won the week? Uh, I don't even have a winner for this week. My last two questions are: I can't call it. So I'm, I'm, I'm the worst of, of, the, of the week right now. Well, I, I, I've lost the week. Worse. I've lost the week. Well, okay, that's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Sifton. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. Who won the week? St. Louis Cardinals fans. Il Hombre oh, yes. is back. Speaking, and here comes the game plays on <laughs> Thursday. What a great week. Pat Thomas, week? one yeah. more time, she sort of stands up and does the right thing, sort of proving she is her own person. I got to say, I've, uh, I've been pretty... Uh, Pretty understanding, maybe defend, defending Senator Ronder and Senator Vescovo, for, or Speaker Vescovo, for keeping their counties together. That's Mike Cunningham. Never easy to speak out. Mike Cunningham fighting to keep his county together. Former state senator from Webster County, stood up and being, uh, I think he took a page out of Senator Ronder's book, being pretty aggressive about it. So I say Mike Cunningham, sticking for Webster County, won the week. I hope you'll win the week next week by joining us here on This Week in Missouri Politics.
This Week in Missouri Politics is sponsored by the Missouri Automobile Dealers Association, Ameren, Spire, and Sterling Bank. Guys, thank you so much for watching the show. I want to tell you about a new thing we're offering. It's the Missouri Times Podcast Network. You'll get this show every week. If you want to listen to it in your car, you don't have time to watch it. You'll get our show in Missouri podcast, History of Missouri, one county at a time. You'll also get our midweek update. Once a week, I throw up the uh, Facebook Live. I, 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 we talk politics, usually it'll lunch and discuss politics. You'll get to hear all those things come right to your phone. Subscribe to us on iTunes or Android. Missouri Times Podcast Network. Please join us and subscribe.